G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. If you're aiming for perfection, to have all the doona cover, you know, straight lines and, you know, and you're expecting the kids, you know, this is the reason why we've got pick your battles. You've got to decide which battles are worth fighting for. We are raising children today in a very different world to what it was when we were raised. And now more than ever, we need to learn from others on how to do it well. My wife, Kate, and myself, Brett Ryan, spoke to Northreach Community Church on the topic of raising younger children to give an overview and some easy-to-understand principles, including managing anger, teaching respect, and making a plan for your family. Today's broadcast is part two of this talk for Focus on the Family, Australia. Everybody in the right circumstances can be angry, let's face it. We all get our buttons pushed. And our children seem to be particularly good at knowing where our buttons are as our siblings. <laughs> they know everybody's buttons and they go for it. Just because they can. Just because I'll they find can. the button just to push the button. They'll push your buttons. <laughs> so we actually have this catchphrase, learn to respond, not react. Yeah. Because when you get angry, you're, that's a reaction. You're losing control. Yep. And so the way to stop that is work out what – the boundaries are or behaviours that you want to reinforce in your children. Okay, so then you set the boundary around that. So if you want to build character, well, we all want to build character in our children. That's the aim. We're going to talk about non-negotiables and the non-negotiables, one will be you don't take anything that is somebody else's because it's stealing or whatever without asking and then they take something you have to already know what the consequence is and so do they, all right? So your little group, your group of kids, they need to know what the boundary is and what the consequence is going to be. And then it has to be that. If you, in a rage, then go, well, this is going to happen, they'll go, but when that happens, that's supposed to happen. And so they know and you know and it takes the anger out of the situation Because the children own that. You need to put it back on them. And that is one of the biggest things about teaching responsibility, about not passing the buck ever, is if a child does something, and this is what our kids used to do, when we were, they broke one of the boundaries, one of the the rules, I said, go to your room, you're going to be disciplined. I don't want to be. (laughs) Well, of course, nobody does. And so I said, well, I'm sorry, darling, but you just broke that rule. You know that that consequence is that. So you chose that. And they're going, but, but I didn't want to. And I said, nonetheless, you know that if you do this, this is the consequence and I have to follow through with that because I'm your parent and, you know, we're in a Christian home. So I will say, God has told me that I need to discipline you And if I don't, then I'm disobedient. And they'll go, I wish I hadn't have chosen that. (laughs) Yeah. 
but you need to put it back on them because they chose it. I said, what you're really saying is, mummy, please discipline me because I don't know how to have self-control or I don't know how to be polite. Let's say they throw a tantrum at the shops. I don't know how to have self-control out at the shops. Can you please help me? That's what you just said to me. I wish I hadn't have said that. And so it puts it back on them. So your children do not pass the buck and go, you're just disciplining me because you're angry. Well, no, that removes that. So the minute any of my kids did something that was across the boundary, I'll say, please go to your room because, you know, you just did this and here's the consequence that's coming. And so there's no discussion because they know it. And if they choose it, they know what's coming. And so you don't have to do the angry thing. It does remove the whole angry thing out. I'm not saying that you won't ever have days, but on the whole, it makes for a much calmer home because they know what's coming. When children don't know what's coming, if you fly off in the, they freak out, they don't know whether they're Arthur or Martha. Whereas if your child feels safe and they know, okay, if I do that, mummy's going to discipline me or daddy's going to discipline me and this is what it's going to look like and then we can move on. So we sent our kids... To the bathroom. They hate the bathroom. The, there's nothing to there's do nothing in there. nothing to do in the bathroom. And if they decided that something was absolutely fascinating and did something in that bathroom, they got to clean the bathroom. Oh, that's great. I said, yeah. if you don't just sit there, then you get to clean the bathroom. Mm. Oh, don't want to do that. No. So the good thing was is it kind of lessened the punishment because they'd sit in the bathroom and actually not do anything because it meant they'd have to clean. And so their discipline was over quicker than if they went to their bedroom and they weren't allowed to touch anything in there and it kind of dragged out because then they would touch something. So it kind of dragged out. Sending them to the bathroom was quick. It was over. They sat there and they didn't do anything. And actually it's cooler in a bathroom as well. If they're a bit hot under the collar, you know how the tiles and it just feels cooler. So it actually yeah. can settle them down as well. I don't know if that's true or not, but it worked for us. One thing I do want to say is about never discipline your child in anger because all they hear and all they see is anger. They don't actually see what you're doing, that what, what message are you trying to send. So if you are angry, send your child to their room or take them to their room, depending on what's going on. Calm down and then go back and discipline because it does you no good, it does them no good because they just don't understand, particularly when they're young, as to why you're doing what you're doing. They need to know that I did this, therefore this is happening. But instead what they're seeing is I did that, now mum's or dad is off their trees and I'm really scared. So let's try and remove emotion, which means you have to remove yourself, whether that means going and getting a coffee, whether it means counting to 75 for some situations. You just have to be really, really careful about that so that your children know why they're being disciplined. If you were a role model as a child, anger, that wasn't a great foundation. But unless you're intentionally, because your family of origin has a very big part to play in the way that you do things, how you manage finances, how you do stress, particularly how you deal when one is angry. So if you didn't like that as a child, you certainly won't like to give it out. So that's the reason why you have to intentionally make a decision to not do those type of things. You know, because unless you say, I don't want to be like my father, or I don't want to be like my mother, and unless you intentionally change it, you tend to default to the things that you're familiar with. So if you weren't a fan of it back then, your kids aren't certainly going to be a fan. So removing yourself for five minutes 
just so you've got your act together. That's the reason why learning to respond, not react. If you can have that written on, a, on your fridge, it would be a nice reminder not to react in your words or your actions because that can create a kid who is very fearful. And you don't want a kid who is just doing things out of fear. You want your kids to do things out of relationship, that they respect you. And that's the reason why those four things, perseverance, consistency, making sure the boundaries are clear and they don't move because they'll just keep on trying because we keep on trying to push the boundaries. But when you say something, you have got to follow it through. And the dilemma is that kids can control it. And we might have a kid, has anyone of your kids play games, video games, something like that? And you might say five minutes, five minutes, so it's make very clear, you need to turn it off. And then after five minutes, and you go, turn it off now. Oh, I'm on my highest score. You go, okay, can I have a five more minutes? Yeah, you can have another five more minutes. And then after another five minutes, I go, oh, when my man dies. Another five minutes. And then I'm on my Olympic level. Right then, you've actually not followed through. You've actually allowed them to dictate the scenario. When you say something, you've got to follow it through. You can adjust. Because I remember a mother came up to me at an end of parenting seminar. She goes, I'm the world's worst parent. I said, why? She goes, well, when my kid didn't eat his muesli this morning, I grounded him for a week. I said, have you heard of the word crime and punishment? Try and fit into this thing. Because she heard this mean what you're saying, say what you mean, she thought, well, she had to follow it through. She's like, you know, I said, you can adjust. You didn't eat his muesli. It's not going to be the end of the world. But that's the reason why you'd have to decide, and what Kate was saying before, is to determine why you're doing the way you're parenting. Because if you're aiming for everything to be perfect, for example, any of you OCD people here, thank you, we'll have an older call for you later on or something like that. If you're aiming for perfection, to have all the doona cover, you know, in straight lines, and, you know, and you're expecting I'm the kids, you. you know, this is the reason why we've got pick your battles. You've got to decide which battles are worth fighting for. You can't fight everyone because could you imagine your boss on your case on every little thing that you do wrong, like everything? You wouldn't want to go to work because it's just this hostile or potentially hostile environment. Same with your kids. If they can't do anything right, you've got to decide which is the things worth fighting for. And my wife's a recovering control freak. If she wanted to get the doona in a straight line and then ask the boy to go and make their bed, the boys would just go in and just you know, pull the doona up and, you know, that's all right. But if then Kate goes in and straightens the doona and makes the pillow horizontal to the vertical and all those type of things, this is what she was in the past, not anymore. It's sending two messages of saying, hey, you're not good enough, mm. or two, why bother in the first place? Because mum's going to go and fix it up in the end. So we decided what the battles that we thought were the most consistent and persistent that we thought, we came down to three. These are our three things. One was honesty. That was just a simple one, so you don't lie. Be honest. The other one was respect. Respect for us as parents, but also respect for their siblings. Mm. Siblings was very important. Part of the thing that we were talking about, what do we want to see our kids in the future? We wanted our boys to be best mates. We wanted them to love each other and be well and truly connected. The way to do that is never, ever let them put each other down. So their language is the most important thing. They're never to say, shut up. 
than ever to say, I hate you, or you're stupid, or you're an idiot. Those words are personal and crushing. If you allow those in your home, it breaks relationship. If you've ever had those words spoken to you, they replay themselves in your mind and you can hear them over and over again. You can hear them over and over again 30 years down the track. So we taught them to use correct language. So if somebody did something that they didn't like, they didn't make it personal. Instead of saying, I hate you, the words were, I hate it when you come into my room and take my things or I hate it when you knock me over when I'm playing basketball and you trip me up. Not, I hate you, you're an idiot. Teach them to use the correct language because then it makes it specific to the activity, not the person. Mm. And then things like um, to create character, if one of our non-negotiables, which was respect, if somebody did something to disrespect another person in the family, siblings this is, then they had to serve. So if they disrespected one of their brothers, they then had to take on their chores to serve them. That might look like making their bed. It might be They hated that. They hated having to make the bed for their brother. They did. They hated it. But I said, you disrespect, you need to learn how to serve the other person. It's not okay to disrespect another person. Um, When they had friends over, this was a big one. Um, We really wanted to teach them that their siblings were there forever. Friends that came into the house were an addition, not a replacement. So, of course, we've got single sex, okay? So we've got the three boys, which made it easier. So you can work it around what works for your family. But if one of them had a friend over, they all played together. Then they could go off with their friend alone. Then they would all come back together to eat. Then they would go off again. But they would never, ever dump their siblings. That's not okay because you're sending the message now to someone else, these are my buddies. We're it. You come join us. Not, ugh, my sister, ugh, my brother. You come in. I'll dump them. Because do you know what that sends? You're really not important, and I can replace you real easy. And so we want to tell our siblings that they're important, they're valuable, and you want to just draw everybody in. And do you know the thing today with our boys? All their friends seem to be all mixed up together, even though there's a five-year age gap. You know, they'll invite each other to go to all the different things. You know, it's just like everybody knows everybody. Everybody's a friend with everybody. And it was, it was so important to mix them up so that the friends and family all kind of ended up being together and so that they learn to respect each other. You're valuable. That's what you're telling your sibling. You're valuable and I want you there. That's the reason why those non-negotiables for us is honesty, respect, and obedience. Very, very important that we had that as our rock, not the Duna cover going straight in the line. You're listening to Brett and Kate Ryan for Focus on the Family, Australia. 
The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. My wife Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, spoke to Northreach Community Church on the topic of raising younger children to give an overview and some easy-to-understand principles, including managing different temperaments, parenting on the same team, and being intentional. Mums and dads, if you're doing it together, need to be on the same page. You need to find a way to get there. And uh, one of the best ways to do that is to sit down and create a plan. Look at the end game, as Brett was talking about. What's the end game? What do you want your kids to look at? Not what you want them to be. I'm not talking about their career. I'm not talking about any of that. What do you want them to look like? You want them to go into society and you want them to be kind and generous and thoughtful and hardworking and all those things. How are you going to get there? You make a financial plan, you might have an educational plan, you've got all sorts of plans, make one for your family. It's so important. You need to be united because if you're not, your kids will play one off against the other and it is the worst thing. So if you disagree with what is going on in the discipline moment, don't stand there with your spouse and have a big debate about it. Because right then and there, you've gone, oh, I'll go to dad because he's the soft one. I will can manipulate him, but I can't manipulate mum. Or the other way around. Or the other way around. It's both. It's both. And so we have to be really careful. If we don't like it, go to the bedroom and say, you know what? I'm not really happy with the way that went down. Can we talk about that? Don't do it in front of your kids. Yeah, we had it all set up in our house. So the kids come and ask me something, and I would say, "What did your mother say?" And would I'd be the say, first thing. "And then if they what go and your ask father mom, say? what did your father say?" And then if we're at an impasse, it always default to the mama bear because when the mama bear is happy, everybody's happy. But it, it is really important that you know what the other person's saying. Always check, mm. and if your kids look like they're suspicious, go and speak to your spouse yeah. and don't ask. <laughs> You'll say, "What did your mum say?" Oh, they said. Oh, that's suspicious. So you actually have to go and speak to mum or dad, whichever it is. Make sure you're united. Well, we a couple of other things. When they're younger, you want the tide of rain at the beginning. But as they get older and they, uh, this is not moving the boundaries, this is just their tide of rain. You can control so much more when you, they know exactly what they can and can't do. So tide of rains when they're younger, when they get older and more mature, then the rains start getting a little bit further out. If you release the boundaries and they aren't trustworthy, you bring your boundaries back in. You give them another opportunity. To earn that trust. To earn that trust. And if they earn it, you open the boundaries again. But there has to be consequences. You only release the boundaries according to their maturity, not their age necessarily. Because if they aren't proving themselves responsible, then you cannot move the boundaries Mm. because it is for their safety. These are really important. Don't treat your kids all the same. They're individuals. You don't say things like, I wish you were more like your fill in the blanks because that's like a dagger in the heart. 
don't treat your kids the same. And this is going to be a game changer if you get this right. You might have a kid who's two, four, and six, those ages, just for example. It might make it easier that they all get to bed at the same time or they all have their bath times, then you read to them all at the same time and then you put them into bed. That is the easiest thing to do. It makes a lot of sense. I'm here to tell you, don't do it. The best thing you can do is allow each child to have a little bit more time, maybe 15 minutes. That's all it is. So if the bedtime was 7 o'clock, then the next child may be 7.15 and the next child will be 7.30. It's just a little bit and it might seem, you know, what's the point? It makes it so much easier. First of all, it gives you an opportunity to have some one-on-one time with your child. That's a really good win. But the other thing is there's always going to be a hierarchy. There's always the first child. And they're the first child is the guinea pig, basically. And so you've got to, you know, give them a a bit of slack. There should be some benefit being the eldest. But the other thing, and this is the end game in mind, is that when they get older, say it's 18, 16, and 14, if you've treated them the same, bedtime, all the same, everything's the same. When they get older, the 14-year-old is going to think that they're an 18-year-old. There's a big difference there. So that is just a little bit of a difference. Don't treat them all the same. Allow them. Even 15 minutes can make all the difference. The same goes with discipline. I'm not saying have different rules, but you can dish out the discipline in the way that your child is wired. So our eldest, all we needed to say was, nah, that was it. That's all we had to do. The second one, whoa. And the third one? And, oh, whoa. <laughs> and so they were totally different. So we didn't have to do the same discipline for our eldest as we did for our second two. It just wasn't necessary. And they go, well, that's not fair. You didn't do that to... Well, did I need to? When I said no, he just went, oh, okay. Whereas you chose to look at me and go, no, I won't. So it's a very different scenario. So if you've got a child who's very compliant and very respectful, you don't need to dish out, go to your room, you know, it breaks their little heart. They don't need it. All they need is, uh, no, work out the way your child is wired. Yeah. Same rules, just dealt differently because of the different personalities yeah. because you do not want to crush a gentler, quiet child who just needs that gentle, no, mummy said no, and they go, okay. And that's all it takes. So be very aware of your little person's temperament. Allowing your kids to make mistakes, that may seem a very broad thing to say, but there's such an important lesson in there to face the consequences of their poor choices, like in discipline, but also, for example, if they forget their runners when they get a bit older and they've rung up the school office to give you a call to remember to bring the runners you know, just to bring it down because they love PE and they need their runners or they've forgotten their lunch and you've dropped everything to go and get their lunch. The best thing that you can do is allow the kids to go hungry or allow your kids to miss out on PE because it's a lesson to learn because they've got to take responsibility. The more they take responsibility, the little things and not you protecting them, the hovercraft, you know, the drone parenting or a helicopter coming in, it's important that they face the consequences because if you don't allow them to face the consequences of their choices, they're going to blame everyone else, their teacher, their future boss, their future spouse. They've never allowed them to take on the consequences of their actions. 
So sometimes it's the mistakes they make, but it's also sometimes the errors and choices around them. So you want them to learn different things. And sometimes it's the best thing you can do is just give them the confidence to know how to deal with the situation, not save them. I mean, particularly a teacher who's always mean, because that's all you ever hear. The teacher's always mean, teacher's always mean. But then you find out a little bit more about how your child has been behaving in class. See how you went in to go and, you know, time protect but sometimes you need to know all the facts. So the other thing is you can't take all the credit and you can't take all the blame. Your kids are going to come out a certain way, but I think we alluded to before, sometimes you do need to actually say, I am really sorry for the way that I reacted. I responded poorly. Would you please forgive me? Because if you don't teach them how to own up when you make mistakes, they will always blame somebody else, especially men. Men are really important to role model apologies. This is a really important thing. There's no perfect kids, like there are no perfect parents. We are imperfect beings and we're living in this imperfect world, but we serve a perfect God. Just know that it's important to recognize that every child has got their own unique flaws and their own unique gifts and talents. You've got to just discover those for yourself. But there are no perfect parents and you might look around going, oh, it's all right for you and all like that. They've got their own battles to deal with. You look after your backyard, it's a really good place to start. Thanks for listening. I hope the information you've heard has been helpful as you navigate some of the issues of parenting. For more resources for your family and to help you thrive, go to our website at families.org.au. I'm Brett Ryan and you're listening to Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.